Welcome to Vaginas, Vulvas, and Vibrators with Jordan Donnell. This is a safe place to learn about women's health and sexual wellness. I'm your host, Jordan Donnell, physician assistant, women's sexual health educator, and intimacy coach. On today's episode, we are talking with Rachel Main, a sex therapist. Rachel Main is the founder and CEO of Wellness Sexpertise. She is a private practice sex therapist and the creator of Owning Your Sexual Self podcast. Rachel works with individuals and couples who are seeking help with their intimate lives. I am really excited to learn with Rachel today all about sex therapy and who can benefit from seeing a sex therapist. This is our seventh episode on learning about the sexual response cycle. Before we get started today, I have a special offer for you. I have created the ultimate guide to foreplay with hot tips and tricks to spice it up. Get your copy of my ultimate guide to foreplay by going to foreplay.vaginasvulvasandvibrators.com. Hope you enjoy my bonus gift to you. You can also find the link in the bio. All right, Rachel, I am so excited to have you here with me today. Um, I want to know a little bit about how you became a sex therapist. It's not every day that you hear, you know, you're talking to kids in preschool and they're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they answer back, I want to be a sex therapist or I want to talk about vibrators when I grow up, right? Um, So yeah, definitely growing up, never, never imagined that I would be in this line of work. However, grateful every single day that I, this has fallen into my lap. Um, So I hold a master's degree in social work at both a micro and a macro level here in um, Michigan. And um, I really started my work in, I guess, quote unquote, this sex field when I was working as a survivor's advocate at a domestic and sexual violence shelter. Um, So when I first started this work, it was really in that sort of negative light. So I was an advocate that would go out to hospitals um, or police stations after somebody was sexually assaulted, and I would advocate on their behalf for kind of what options they had after um, that trauma had occurred to them. And being on that side of things, you're not coming with any sort of agenda. You know, your hospital workers come in with an agenda. The law enforcement comes up with an agenda, counselors come up with an agenda, and I was solely there just to be with that person. Um, and while that job was super rewarding, it was an entry-level job, but I feel like that was really where I got my feet wet. Um, after that, I moved into healthcare. I thought I wanted to be an ER social worker. Um, it turns out when I worked in the ER, I was doing work around substance abuse and alcohol abuse. Um, and the ER setting, I love the fast pace, but super super stressful for the social workers that worked there. Um, So I, let's see, so then I am in this full-time job, I'm in my quote-unquote big girl job, now I'm working in research, and I decide to join a company called Peer Romance, which is a direct sales company um, that educates, entertains, and empowers women in teaching them about their sexual health and wellness. So this is where I discovered, while I love talking about sex, I was mind blown when I started this um, and hearing how much women didn't know about their bodies, how uncomfortable they were talking about the subject, how much they were just eating up this information and this education that I was providing to them. So this all started, I was like, you know what, I want to look to see if there's any programs out there that I can further my education. That's when I stumbled upon uh, University of Michigan School of Social Work. They have a certificate program. Um, for anybody that wants to get that sexuality education. They also have a sex counselor's piece and also a sex therapy piece. 
So I did a dual enrollment with them. Then after that, I thought, well, I love talking about sex so much. Why don't I try my hand in private practice? I never even knew that sex therapy was a thing until I started this program. Um, and now it's, it's amazing. I love, I love the work that I do. I love being able to meet with people individually. Um, and I can still do that while uh, maintaining my very quickly growing uh, pyramids business as well. That is so awesome. So what is a sex therapist? So a sex therapist, basically think of like you're going to any other sort of therapist. Let's say if you're experiencing anxiety, you're experiencing depression, you um, overcame some sort of trauma or want to overcome some sort of trauma. Sex therapy is going to be doing a very similar type of work, but in a very focused area, right? So somebody coming to see a sex therapist, maybe they are experiencing um, sexual trauma or they have experienced sexual trauma. Maybe they're experiencing pain during penetration. Um, maybe they're having trouble maintaining erection or getting an erection or experiencing orgasm, experiencing pleasure. Um, literally anything that would fall under the sex umbrella, if you will, um, would be somebody that could come see a sex therapist. And it could be an individual, it could be a couple. Um, and really what I love about sex therapy is a lot of times uh, any other therapist might be shy to talk about sex, right? Unfortunately, that's the world that we live in. Um, and so often if you bring up sex to let's say a primary care physician or even your regular therapist, they may possibly refer out to a sex therapist, somebody that is comfortable and able to offer that non-judgmental um, just frame of mind to, to you. Yeah, you know what's so interesting is practicing in primary care. I feel like most primary care providers actually have no idea what sex therapy is and I know I've never referred, um, but there's totally a lot of different times where I could think about like, that would be such a great option for my patients. So that's, that's awesome. Yeah. There is a, an amazing program called um, ASEC. So that is the uh, American Association for Sex Educators, Therapists, and Counselors. I think it is. I probably mix up the acronyms, but um, if you go to that website, you can find anybody that is a certified sex therapist, sex counselor, or a sex educator. Um, so that would be a great place, especially for people that are in primary care or in the medical field to find somebody that is certified. Um, although there are also people like myself that are not yet fully certified. Um, and so once you complete that certificate program, you have to go through your practice supervision hours and, and things like that for about two years until you can get your full uh, license. Okay. Yeah, I, um, my referrals team is always giving me a hard time because I send them to find referrals for weird things all the time. <laughs> But awesome. So what, what should someone um, consider, like when would be a good time for them to go see a sex therapist? So I would say, first off, when it comes to insurance, I think this is an important component to, to touch on because when you are talking to um, people in primary care, people in general, any sort of generalized therapy, you will likely hear that something like sex therapy is not going to be covered by insurance couples therapy is not going to be covered by insurance, but there are DSM diagnoses that are based around something that a sex therapist would help with. So these are things that are actually billable and there are ways around this. So if you've been told, if you, if you want to talk with somebody that loves talking about sex and is comfortable talking about sex and you feel like you have nobody else out there to talk about your sexual issues with or, or questions, that would be somebody that would want to see a sex therapist. And I'll have to say too, with you know, with anything that is happening, let's say an issue that you're experiencing in that sexual realm, 
that could also, there could also be anxiety present. There could also be PTSD present. There could also be depression present. Um, so it's not, just think of it as like, you're getting this, still this wide scope of therapy, um, but with that comfort level of knowing that you have the ability to ask questions about sex and to share sexual experiences. Awesome. So I guess I'm just thinking like my last couple of podcasts have all been about like libido and decreased libido, anorgasmia, things like that. And um, I'm familiar with the DSM-5. So people that aren't familiar with the DSM-5, that is kind of like the mental health go-to book of diagnoses that are classified under mental health disorders. And so I, I know how to find those to write up a referral to get that covered then. So that's good to know. I'm going to have to mm-hmm. keep that in mind. Yeah. Awesome. So what would somebody expect to get from seeing a sex therapist? So definitely you're going to get that non-judgmental space. So it is not uncommon in your first session to be asked, um, how often are you having sex? How often are you masturbating? Do you watch porn? Have you experienced any sexual trauma? I mean, any and everything underneath, we want to gather as much background history from you because something that happened in the third grade could very well be playing a part in your sexual life now as an adult in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 80s even, right? It's so crazy how our brain stores those those pieces and components of our life. So someone that's coming in to see a sex therapist, you should know that you literally, there is nothing that you can essentially throw at a sex therapist that they will be sort of blown away by. And that is always my favorite thing when I'm working with people. They will, they'll share something and then they'll, they'll kind of look at me and, and you can just tell they're like gauging like, okay, does she feel uncomfortable? Did I say something wrong? Is this weird? Um, and, and you'll quite honestly, like they'll ask all the time, like, is that normal? Is that normal? Listen, if you're not putting yourself or somebody else in danger, there is no quote unquote normal when it comes to sex. If you like it, if it's providing you pleasure, it's providing your partner pleasure, or you just enjoy doing it, like that's normal. That That's okay. There's nothing wrong with anything that that you, you find pleasurable or that you find, you know, turns you on if we're just being frank. So what would you say is the most common thing you see as a sex therapist? Most common thing is, so you'd think like, wow, is she a sex therapist or a regular therapist? Um, but oftentimes the, okay, so communication is going to be the number one thing that I work with. <laughs> I know. I wish people could see the recording of this because we're both just like, ah, oh, like throwing our heads back. Like, yes, it makes so much sense. Um, but communication is, th- that is like rule number one, step number one, when it comes to any relationship um, that, that somebody is in, right? You have to be able to communicate these things to your partner um, and be being able to discover them for yourself first, especially when it comes to pleasure. So common things that I'm working with um, when I work with couples is mainly going to be around the communication first. So we have to get that communication established. We sometimes will then also have to reestablish trust within the relationship um, and then work on basically creating this new, this new relationship, right? Because they're coming to you as a therapist likely because they've already been experiencing some sort of struggle. So what they've been doing isn't working for them, right? So now it's time to try something new. It's time to turn over that new open mindset and try the things that the therapist is suggesting for you. Now, when I'm working with individuals, typically um, when I work with males, it's a lot of erectile dysfunctions, um, a lot of either premature ejaculation or delayed ejaculation. 
So really, again, working with them around very much the physical component, I'm sorry, the mental component of why either one of those may be happening. Um, and then also for females, a lot of time it is that pain during penetration, um, uncomfortableness with masturbating. Um, they may have been raised in a household or an environment where there was a lot of shame around masturbation, shame around sex before marriage, um, also all sorts of things. But my most favorite thing to talk about with people is definitely um, pleasure and masturbating. Uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than being able to pull out a sex toy in my office and be like, let me show you how this works. And they're just like, what? Like, I'm in therapy right now. <laughs> this is, this is amazing. <laughs> so, yeah. That is super awesome. How many sessions do you usually do with patients? It can be um, as short as just a few sessions. Sometimes people come in and they're, they've already done a lot of work before seeing a therapist. And it's, they, it's almost like they're coming in for this sort of validation. Um, and with any therapy, sometimes you're going to meet with a sex therapist and it might not be a good fit. And maybe you just continue therapy at that point. Um, and that goes for any therapist that's listening as well. If you're seeing somebody that you know is not a good fit, you have got to do some supervision around that. You've got to um, re refer them out because it's not benefiting them in the long run, no matter how awkward that conversation is likely going to be. Um, but then there's other people that are in therapy that I've worked with since day one. I'll be in the practice for three years. Um, and it's, you know, either there's a lot of trauma present, either they are in one relationship that didn't work, so now they're on the next relationship. So it's a lot of navigating um, you know, quote unquote, the, the problem of the week, as some therapists will call it. But that's, that's a very real thing. You know, everybody's experiencing problems. And every six months, most people have a major life change. So um, sometimes maybe people have a break, and they come back to therapy because something happened, or they just want to do a monthly check in. So many different options. Um, as I mentioned earlier, most insurances, like I said, there's ways to code around that so that we can get it covered for you. So definitely um it's worth at least reaching out to ask you've definitely blown my mind on like different um reasons to send somebody to sex therapy like totally gonna put this in my little back pocket what are like your top recommendations for couples or individuals seeking sex therapy so for couples i'll start with couples work because it when you come in for couples work you're going to get a little bit of that individual component as well um, so personally how i like to practice couples therapy is i'll meet with the couples first um, as the couple and then i'll meet with them both individually this is important sometimes i'll meet with them for two sessions individually if there is an extensive background history but then that allows me to get that one-on-one -on -one time with them to bring up anything that they may have been uncomfortable bringing up in the couple session, especially your first time meeting a therapist, right? Um, and then we'll meet back together as, as a couple. Um, and typically I'll ask, is there anything that was stated in this, you know, our session or however long we meet for um, that I am not to share with your partner? Um, usually that doesn't come up. Um, however, there sometimes are affairs happening that the other partner doesn't know about. Um, so a therapist, one of the hardest things to decide is whether or not you are going to keep secrets. And um, maybe sometimes you will and sometimes you won't. Um, I'm not here to judge or give advice around that by any means. Um, but I think that's something that I really enjoy. And so then let's say we'll meet as a couple for a few sessions. Um, and then I might meet individually with them just to do that check-in, just to make sure everybody is, is feeling good. We're all on the same page. Then back to the couple's work. 
So recommendations for individuals coming to therapy, just know that you're going to, you're going to be able to have that, that therapist there that you can share anything with, and they don't have that connection to your partner. Now, or if you're a single person, they don't have that connection to, you know, your best friend or anything. So they're really that third person that, you know, after that hour is up, you, you know, essentially nobody else is going to know. And I think people find a lot of value in that. Um, I love just seeing that, that reflection of the person on the other end when they, when they finally open up and they share something that they've never told anybody before in their life. And you literally can see like them physically relaxing. It's like, you can just see the stress be released from their body. Like, wow, I've been holding that in for, you know, 56 years. And finally now somebody knows, and now they have this place that they can come back to every week and talk about that. Talk about the emotions that have came up around that. Um, talk about their past experience that kind of led to them making that decision. Um, so that's what, that's what an individual will find. Um, as you can tell, I'm very, I get very geeked, like talking about this. I apps, I could talk about sex all day, every day. I freaking, I love it. <laughs> so if somebody wanted to start sex therapy, do you offer sex therapy, like virtual sex therapy, online sessions currently? Yes. Um, so right now with it being COVID, <laughs> um, most therapists are only doing virtual therapy right now. So that's what we refer to as teletherapy. Um, most insurance plans, again, due to COVID are covering that. Sometimes they won't always cover that. So definitely that's something you want to look into. Um, but I would say I feel grateful that the, the people and the clients that I'm working with, I already established that in-person connection with them. And so switching over to be able to do uh, do online therapy with them, that rapport was already built. Whereas some of the other therapists that I'm talking about that maybe started their practice right at the beginning of COVID, they only have that online connection. And so sometimes it is a little bit more difficult to build that connection. But I would say if you are in a position where you need therapy, you're at that point where you want to seek out therapy, definitely either go to that ASEC website or if you are going to something like psychologytoday.com to find a therapist, people that are comfortable talking about sex therapy will list it in their, in their focus, in their profiles. So definitely it might take you a little bit to kind of weed out. Um, you're welcome to reach out to me. I can find, I can reach out to cohorts in my program um, and whichever area you're in, I'm happy to provide referrals to somebody that may be near you as well. The COVID situation with, um, telehealth has been absolutely amazing and access to care has been so much greater. It's been wonderful. And I know the psychiatrists that I work with, they're, they have way more patients actually showing up. I was just going to say that I, I really am crossing my fingers that uh, the world in general will really see how successful this has been and that online therapy can be a huge alternate component to those seeking services. Um, especially if you think about the underprivileged in fields, like the, some people don't have access to even get to therapy. They don't have the financial means to get to therapy or they don't have transportation or they have to keep it a secret from their significant other or their family members, you know? So having that online option, I think is, it has been tremendous. And yes, the less cancellations from the therapy, uh, perspective, amazing because there is no, oh, I got stuck in traffic. Oh, my kid is sick. You know, you don't get those typical, you know, excuses for not being able to come to therapy. So 
Yeah. I hope that uh, teletherapy, telehealth, all of that stays around too. That's been great for, for me as well. Yeah. So, um, this has been awesome, Rachel. I really appreciate you joining us today and sharing a little bit about sex therapy. There are so many people that could benefit from it. And I definitely know I will be changing how I practice to incorporate some of this because I didn't realize that all of these different things, erectile dysfunction, premature ejaculation, I mean, all of that, I can refer out to sex therapists as well. And yeah. it makes a huge difference for a lot of people. So. It really no. does. And, and anybody that, if you think of somebody that, um, you know, was diagnosed with cancer and now is having to reestablish and, and relearn their sexual self, relearn their body, things that may have been pleasurable for them previously after going through chemotherapy or radiation and things like that, the, it might not work for them. Right. And then think about their partners that are also experiencing this from a completely different perspective. So being able to offer couples therapy or even individual therapy, um, that's, I mean, that is, that is something very, I just think like amazing to have somebody that you can talk to about the, you know, this very taboo topic that is sexual health. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So if somebody wants to follow you and connect with you, what is the best way for they, them to reach you? Um, so Instagram is a really um, easy way to find me. You can find me at Rachel Main underscore underscore own your sexual self. Um, if you want to listen to the podcast, as Jordan said, it's owning your sexual self. My Instagram tag is shortened because you only get so many characters. So thank you, Instagram. Um, and then if you want to search me on Facebook, it's just Rachel Maine. Maine is spelled just like the state, M-A-I-N-E. Um, and yeah, I'm pretty present on social, so it's easy to find me. <laughs> Well, and I'm definitely going to be putting all of your uh, links in the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to connect with you, they can reach you there as well. But thank you so much, Perfect. Rachel. I really appreciate it. Thank you. This was awesome. I appreciate you having me and keep doing the work that you're doing because I know it is, it's so important and it's, it's so much needed. So I appreciate you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This podcast is sponsored by Pure Romance by Jordan Jones offering the top bath and beauty products and relationship enhancement items. Check out the link in the bio to shop with her today. And that wraps up today's episode. Be sure to check out Rachel Main's podcast, Owning Your Sexual Self. You can find the link in the bio. On the next episode, we are going to start talking about the menstrual cycle. So get ready to learn all about those hormones. Thank you for joining today and continuing to bring awareness to women's health. If you love the show, please subscribe so you never miss another episode and leave a review for others to see. If you want to see me on the daily, you can check out my bio for links to all my pages. Be sure to share this episode with your girlfriends. Thanks again and see you next episode.